You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back on the Oz Network for the Amazing Race Canada Season Six Heroes Edition, episode number seven. Episode number seven, Poodle Time, uh, which I vaguely remember something to do with a balloon animal in this one. And that one might be relevant. Uh, but we're here to talk about another non-elimination leg. We always say that, you know, we, we try to save ourselves a week off by non-elimination legs. We can't take a week off because this week, The Amazing Race Canada came to my hometown, Winnipeg. And such a great episode. We got to see so many sites. So many sites. I wish Ben was on this episode because Ben's been to so many of these with me when he was here. But uh, anyways, we're going to talk about all things great about Winnipeg and all things great about balloon animals and magic tricks and everything else. Uh, let's start it off here. My name is Colin, and it's too windy for my balls. My name is uh, Rossi, and I just love throwing things. My name is Jared, and what about my off? <laughs> <laughs> and um, if none of that makes sense to you, then you need to go watch The Amazing Race Canada, <laughs> Season 6, Episode 7. Uh, it's all relevant, trust us. This is, I believe, the second time that Amazing Race Canada has come to Winnipeg. Um, I know that they did in Season 2, I believe, because uh, that was the one where the Olympic gold medalist hockey players, uh, Natalie and Megan, had the worst hockey performance in reality show history by, I think, taking 90 shots on net. Um you just wanted to drag the hockey course. I had to. And you know what? It's it's sad because I saw them play live here back in, I think it was December. We, we had an exhibition with Team Canada against Team US. So I should be a little more kind and more kind because we're going to talk a lot of great Olympian stuff here this week. And um, we got a better Olympian on the show this year, uh, regardless of the performance this week. But anyways, we're here in Winnipeg and the teams go uh, from Toronto to Winnipeg. And I always love when... You know, it makes more sense on an international amazing race. You know, the teams will get excited, like, uh, as they're getting their clue, you know, where they're going next. You know, take the next flight to Bali or uh, the Bahamas or something like that. And it's just weird on Amazing Race Canada where it's like, you know, uh, fly to your next pit stop in Winnipeg. And they're so excited. I'm like, I live here. Nobody's really excited to be here. Uh, I should say, Winnipeg is actually a, 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 I think it's a decent city. I live here. Um, I would know. <laughs> but uh, interesting history lesson here already is that uh, Winnipeg is apparently, originally was a rail city, which makes total sense because I was talking uh, this past week with uh, people at work because they were saying like, oh yeah, Amazing Race Canada is going to be in Winnipeg this week. And I was mentioning how last time, you know, they just ended the teaser for, you know, in the next episode, we go to Winnipeg, this is season two. And they just showed teams stuck at a railway railway crossing, which is like, happens to every Winnipeg or pretty much on uh, at least a weekly basis, probably multiple times a week, you just get stuck uh, at rail crossings. So it wasn't a surprise to me that uh, happened. Um, Greatest scene of the episode here. I'm going to put it right out there. Martina hailing a cab with her rape whistle. (laughs) And what I think happened here was that some other car stopped. Am I right? Is that what it looked like? Like it wasn't a cab because it's no, 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 keep driving, keep driving. So it wasn't actually a cab. But 
I'm just envisioning in my head like somebody seeing a girl blowing a rape whistle and they just pull over and jump out of their car and they just jump Phil and tackle him to the ground. Get away from her! Like, that would have been the best. That's what I imagined the scene was going to happen if she didn't uh, send him away. Uh, but uh, anyways, the first challenge here at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights or the National Museum for Human Rights, I never know the name of it, but this is pretty much now the biggest tourist attraction in Winnipeg. They spent billions of dollars developing it and uh, Ben, you know, who of course co-hosts many of our other shows here on the Oz Network, uh, including the greatest bad podcast of all time, The Room recap last night with me and Rossi. Uh, he went here with me when he was here in Winnipeg uh, a little over a year ago. And I have to say, I mean, it's I'm not really as into a lot of the history stuff you see in the building, but like the building itself is spectacular, and it is way bigger than it looks on TV. Uh, the challenge itself was okay. I mean, they were just matching up quotes, but I just love that every team sort of had a different strategy coming into this. And I thought Martina and Phil were brilliant, or, or sorry, not Martina, but Leanne and Mar originally were brilliant because they said, instead of memorizing the whole quotes, let's memorize just the last few words and then we'll be easier to remember based on that. And then Martina and Phil blow them away and says, let's pick out one memorable word in each of these quotes. And I'm like, okay, they can't be beat. Uh, still a decent challenge and uh, incredible uh, location that they had for this one. Uh, probably more impressive since I've been there. But uh, uh, Jared, uh, what did you think about the opening challenge here? And do you want to now come to the Canadian Museum for Human Rights? Um, yeah, I think just to see the building, um, the kind of half-unwrapped uh, kinder surprise with a belt around the middle. <laughs> um I thought, yeah, overall it was an okay challenge. I think that was kind of my impression of, like, this whole episode. It had lots of okay challenges. Um, I think it, like, it seems to be more challenging to just get a taxi uh, to the airport in the first place than um, this actual memory one. But, um, no, I thought it was interesting. Interesting, too, to see um, Courtney and Adam, I believe it was, team up with Nancy and Melissa. Oh, yeah. Because um, we haven't seen a whole heap of, of working together Um this season. So it was interesting to kind of see that uh, come into play this episode. Rossi, what did you think of it? Well, first off, I can't believe no one's talking about the two, like, flights. Because, like, that's such a big twist. Like, we don't get that in Modern Amazing Race, where there's multiple flights that teams have to get, and there's only a certain amount of seating on that. I thought that was a big deal to have in this episode. Well, you know, it's funny, because I didn't even think that much of it at the time. I mean, other than the fact that I like when they, you know, will do things early in the episode to separate the teams as opposed to the opposite that we normally see, which is them evening all the teams out. Uh, you know, I think I kind of just blew it off because I assumed that they were going to arrive in Winnipeg and say, wait until 8 a.m. or something. But really, that would have ended up being an advantage on this episode because as soon as they landed, it was just go right into your challenge. There was no point where you had to wait for anybody outside of the face-off. And for the um, museum challenge, uh, very, you guys are very dismissive of the museum. I'm sure it's very important, very great, very awesome. Everyone was awe-inspired by the people. Um, the only thing that was really confusing was Nancy and Melissa, or Karen and Melissa, <laughs> had the strategy of, like, pick a word, and then that's the word we're going to use to connect with the person. And the one clip we see of that is they're like, oh, justice is this person. In the Museum for Human Rights, I'm pretty sure justice has been said like hundreds of times. <laughs> like, that's the worst word to pick. Uh, I, I will say there's a lot of cool little... Like, we saw mostly displays as you walk around a museum, and there's 
there's animation you see there and everything. There's uh, um, one thing. There's like games you could play. It's uh, I guess a giant table. This is like the very top level. It's more meant for kids, where they have a a community and you're playing a character. It's almost like a Sims type game, but it's like a touch screen on a giant table, and it's like you know you need to organize a concert, you know, to, for a charity or something like that. And that was kind of fun. But um, we'll say. Uh, probably not the most flattering story but when uh you're in there you they have a confessional booth where you can go in there and record your confessional about you know uh what human rights are important and things like that and ben went in there and recorded probably a 10 minute long thing about how he, his human rights were violated because people didn't respect him as a podcaster <laughs> and that's probably that's there like you can go in there and you can look at other people's clips so um sure there are a lot of people who are just you know disgusted at us that day <laughs> Uh, but I mean, the building is incredible, and, and those ramps are nuts. I, it, it literally does go on forever. Um, also, another interesting thing is that the majority of these challenges, outside of the the Legion one and then the final pit stop, they're all in the same area. Like, uh, the, it's called the Forks here. It's basically where the two major rivers in the city meet, and it's just like a giant. I guess you could almost consider it like a combination of a park, something like Central Park, but it's also like. Uh, a, a really interesting marketplace and then you have like street performers there and tons of restaurants but everything's like walking distance and uh, even like the skip the dishes headquarters is pretty much there and the magic acts were the same so this is all most of the challenges were within walking distance here but they, they break it up throughout uh melissa and nancy i think right before they decided to um uh or right before we saw like the teamwork with adam and courtney melissa and nancy said let's each memorize two of them which to me made no sense because we started off this challenge by Karen, a.k.a. Nancy, saying, I have a terrible memory. And it's just amazing that you have like these incredible athletes, these performers, and it never occurred to them to do something as simple as pick out one word. They're like, let's each pick two to memorize, which was not going to go well when one of them says it was terrible. Uh, or terrible with their memory, at least. Um, but still, I thought it was a decent challenge. Uh, the second one here, so here's where we get to the detour. And two other things that Winnipeg is apparently very well known for. One of them I'm familiar with. I mean, the Royal Winnipeg Ballet is, I think, the oldest ballet company in the world, or at least is still operating, and one of the most famous in the world still. I mean, that's something that, like, anybody here or anybody in Canada or other parts even in the world know about Winnipeg. Um, that was a natural one. It is another dancing challenge, which I found interesting when they previewed this episode, like if you, if you followed like, uh, you know, the amazing race, social media feeds and everything, a lot of people commenting that they're tired of the dancing challenges. Some people were speculating that the dancing challenges may come into play, like during the final challenge, you know, where you have to remember sometimes it was like, I can't remember which season was. You have to remember the flower that each of the people who checked you at the pit stop were wearing, or one of the ones uh, for Canada was like you have to match up the flags of the provinces or something like that and people were speculating oh well it's probably going to have something to do with dancing because like, every episode has dancing except that doesn't really work I don't think when it's a detour because half the teams are not dancing so I don't think that really works uh, but the dancing one I thought was okay I mean the only stand up moment for me really was Adam having to wear a thong, <laughs> which was uh, uh, amusing, or, or sorry, was it, uh, or was Taylor? It was the other Courtney's uh, Adam. <laughs> the other Courtney's Adam Taylor. <laughs> um, 
But the skip the dishes one, this one was the one I thought was hilarious because again, I had no idea. Like skip the dishes is huge here in Canada. I guess it's branched out to other countries as well. But in Canada, this is basically all we have. And you guys were telling me about Uber Eats or whatever it's called. But here it's like it's a monopoly, skip the dishes. And people won't even just say, oh, I got takeout you know, for lunch or supper. They'll say, I got, I got skip the dishes. And it, for people who don't know, it's basically you know, a company that will send their own drivers to pick up stuff at restaurants. You kind of order through skip the dishes and you bypass, you know, the restaurant and everything's through them and they send their drive. It's like the Uber of eating. So I guess your name makes more sense. Uh, but this was such a fun challenge for me, just seeing the teams navigating around. Uh, Martina and Phil, I don't know why when they went to uh, their first delivery stop, the person had to come and meet them on the street like they couldn't go up to the door. Uh, and why Adam and Courtney, I think it was, sang happy birthday to Fran, who appeared twice here. Also, I'm sorry to say this, but Fran, you're a real p- pig, you know? <laughs> How many pizzas do you need to order in one afternoon? Like, this girl has some issues. <laughs> sorry, Fran. Uh, I, the, the My favorite part here was when Martina and Phil were wandering around trying to find 595 River, because that's literally three blocks from my old apartment. I moved from there uh, a, a year ago. But that's like three blocks from there. So I'm like, ah, oh, I know where that is. Oh, no, they need to go to the other door. So I got that one. Uh, I, I, this is, I think, where we had the, the quote from Phil that you mentioned, Ross. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I love throwing things. When they get the clue for the next one, which is going to be the darts, and he talks about throwing things. Uh, but the Skip the Dishes one was fun for me. Um, I don't know. Jared, did you like either of these challenges? Which one would you have done if you had the choice? Uh, I think if I had the choice, I definitely would have picked uh, Skip the Dishes. Um, although the dancing one seemed to be a lot easier than like initially, like on hearing it, I thought a lot of the teams are kind of like, Oh, it's ballet. It's going to be really technical and difficult. Um, but the only people who really struggled, uh, were Nancy and Melissa and you couldn't even really call it struggling. They just had to do it twice, but everybody else just kind of nailed it on the first go round. Um, yeah, I think Skip the Dishes was okay. I also agree. I was weird having people multiple times. The multiple happy birthdays to Fran. Um, but in her defense, I think one time it was a pizza, the other time it was Mediterranean, so she might have mixed it up a little bit. Um, and then the random long-haired IT guy, who I'm just going to say is gaming at his house all day. Um, yeah, I don't know why he had to be on it twice, but yeah, I did love the fact that they that when Martina and Phil call him, and they're like, yeah, we're here, and it's like, Oh no, we're not actually no. here, and they're running and just hoping that he hasn't come out the front door yet. So, the, so that was a great moment. Um, but I think overall, both just both of them were a little bit um, too easy. I mean, skip the dishes. Everybody got positive reviews. Um, so yeah, and potentially there needed to be a little bit more difficulty to both of them. The um, the skip the dishes I think could have been more challenging for the navigation because some of the places they're going to here were not like the the one with the IT guy, like you said. You know, that's probably only about a 10-minute drive from where the, the headquarters was. I don't even know where the other one was. But uh, I guess with the reviews thing, I mean, that's that's the complaint I had too, is that you're not going to get a bad review. I mean, these people are clearly in on it. If they were actually delivering to real people's houses, that would have been great. But that could have also been a recipe for disaster because there would have been people out there like me who, you know, helped rig the polls that were on CTV last year to make Canada look stupid. Uh, and I would just, I'm just going to give them a terrible review just to, you know, uh, uh, make for entertaining television. 
But I don't know why that even needs to be incorporated in there other than the fact that I think it's just more product placement to show that in Skip the Dishes, you can actually rate your driver and not just complain and get a discount next time. Uh, I, I did find it interesting, though, that the parking ticket that uh, I think it was Adam and Courtney got, which was for $0, which, by the way, like has never happened to anybody else ever in Winnipeg. You know, This is a city that is so strict with tickets that I don't think you'll ever meet a person who hasn't gotten ticketed multiple times for like the smallest amounts, the smallest things. I don't know. Somebody, somebody passed the word around that Amazing Race contestants around there, and the police department was a little bit too generous that day. Also, I also want to mention here the, the Taylor and Courtney thing where uh, he's basically saying, don't make me do ballet. I am not flexible. And she's like, dance, 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 dance. And he's like, all right, I guess we're dancing. <laughs> we know who's the boss of that team there. Uh, Rossi, which one of the challenges would you have done? Uh, did you enjoy either of these? Well, the entire episode, I was like, where's Colin? Is he in the episode? Did he get skipped? I was dishes? looking for myself in the background. I'm like, I wonder if I was there that day. Um, but you know what Jared said? The dancing was too easy. Like, it's the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. Like, we've had challenges where people are just doing, you know, community theater or whatever, and they're having to do it six or seven times. This should have been the hardest dance challenge they had. Correct? Uh, yeah. Did Rossi disappear? Rossi disappeared. I'm just... Jared, yeah. you now assume the, can I just... assume the role of Rossi. You're yeah. going to answer for him now. Okay, I'm going to point out a major pet peeve that's made me irrationally angry uh, uh, at the ballet challenge. Was the guy giving the clue when, when they completed the challenge said, congratulations, you got it. I was like, um, the word you're looking for is congratulations with an S on the end for somebody who works at the Royal Ballet. Surely you should be up to date with all things grammar and literature. Um that just made me really mad and every single time I was like oh maybe I just heard it wrong every single time for every team congratulations <laughs> you, you, you got it what's great about this is that the last time the Amazing Race was in Winnipeg it was all about oh this is a fun city we've got hockey uh, that's the one where they made pierogies with old ladies in a basement and um, that was the third thing they, they lip synced in 80's uh, hair and costume and everything and got mocked and heckled and this episode was all like, look at how cultured Winnipeg is. We have the Museum for Human Rights. We have the Royal Winnipeg Ballet. And our guy can't pronounce the word congratulations. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Good point, Jared. Uh, Rossi, either Rossi if you're still there, or Jared on behalf of Rossi. Anything to add on that? Uh, the Skip the Dishes guy who was giving them their, like, yeah, you got the clue, it was both positive, was the most unenthusiastic person I've ever seen. Like, that guy hates his job. That was Rossi, by the way, not Jared. <laughs> Rossi is message. Sorry, my Skype was acting up. I'm here. Uh, I beg to differ, Rossi. You're not. Yes, <laughs> there you are. Uh, did you notice that the uh, the ballet guy did not pronounce the word congratulations with an S? No, but I'll just say he was French. Yeah, French people don't pronounce S's. <laughs> um, I also just wanted to mention with uh, the 
the address here with the IT guy that you mentioned that Martina and Phil got lost on. I can totally understand why they got lost because this is basically at the end of a street in that area that I used to live in, the Osborne Village. Every single street is one way, and basically you have a one-way street. River Avenue is going one direction, and then Stradbrook, the street next to it, is going the opposite direction. And so many people get confused here. You'll have people trying to turn right you know, on a street that you can only go left on. It happens like, I don't know, a dozen times a day. Just We were living like a block from the corner here. Uh, and one time I was even driving with a friend of mine who had never dr- driven that area. And he started driving the wrong way down one street until cars started like speeding towards him and honking his horn. So he pulled over into an alley, cut over to the next street, started going up the other street the wrong direction. Till cars were coming <laughs> speeding towards him and honking their horns and he had to pull over. So I think we could have had more potential for disaster there with navigating. So they did a good job. Uh, next, we're off to the Royal Canadian Legion. Apparently, another thing... For the, um, quickly, just to jump in on the ballet one more mm-hmm. thing. We have to, like, Taylor is the dancing machine of the season. But he's not flexible. <laughs> yeah, but he was better than Courtney. Yeah. yeah, as soon as he was the one saying, like, let's not do dancing, and then she was keen for him, like, why are you keen? You're, like, the worst dancer out of the pair. <laughs> like... As soon as dancing comes up, he should be like, yeah, we're doing that. Um, He's turning into, like, another Superman. Like, we talked about this This season is really the battle of the Superman. It was like, we had Todd, we have Phil, we have Taylor. Like, these guys can do everything. And no knock against their partners, but, like, these guys are owning every challenge. We're going to see it with Phil in the darts later on. But, yeah, like... Taylor, this is the first time we've heard him complain, saying, no, I'm not going to be good at that. And he's still the best one we see. Agreed. Rossi? <laughs> it's fact. I don't need to agree to that. It's just common knowledge. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to the darts challenge here. So we get uh, a face-off, which is something that doesn't always work out. And I know that there's a lot of mixed opinions on it, but this is always one of my favorite things. And I think I think it's the one thing that uh, Amazing Race Canada can lay claim to as, uh, you know, they, they originated the face-off. Uh this one I didn't think was as good as some of the past face-offs. Uh, to me, it was just in part because you got a dartboard. I don't think you can really follow that closely. Like, they have to hit something like 22 different zones, and you can't sit there and watch them hit 22 different zones. Like, I think if this was something where it was a quick battle and it's over in 60 seconds, and then you got to wait for another team to show up, a little, a little more exciting. This wasn't really that viewer-friendly, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, but some incredible moments in here still. I mean, like, Nancy can hit everything but the target. <laughs> that was great. Which, it could not have been more dramatic when it came down to, like, Nancy and uh, Melissa. Like, I think they were the second team to arrive, they said, or they were one of the, the like second or third teams, because I think they say at the end, we're battling for second place, and now we're in last. And they end up as the last one there, and Melissa ends up at getting two bullseyes which allows them to take other ones off the board and then still nancy finds a way to blow it (laughs) but i mean she's not the only one to blame here because martina i'm gonna put my first question out of the week for martina here uh who would have thought martina was gonna beat an olympic medalist at darts a sport i know it's not her sport they're not on a skeleton but it's still a sport like martina this is my question for you uh first of all i I just want to say, like, how amazing is it to be on the Amazing Race with 
Olympic medalist Melissa Hollingsworth. That's incredible in and of itself. But then how much more incredible is it to be able to say, I beat Olympic medalist Melissa Hollingsworth at darts or anything, or just leave out the darts? Like, is this something that you're bragging about now? Are you telling people, I beat Olympic medalist Melissa Hollingsworth? Uh, that's going to be one of Martina's best moments on the entire Amazing Race, as far as I'm concerned. And as bad as Nancy is, I think Dylan was worse. <laughs> uh, there is, there's no way around. Like, Dylan, Kwame, they are one of these teams where, like, they're occasionally strong, but they always seem to be screwing something up. Uh, again, I'll say the same thing. I don't think this was really viewer-friendly, but I kind of, I like just the idea of the face-off that you could be rooting for one team, and then you can have a team that has a lead that just blows it. It changes things up. But, uh, Jared, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I agree. I think the face-offs are generally better when the teams are um, versing each other in a sport where they're kind of both on the field at the same time rather than taking turns. Um, so, yeah, I think just the whole taking turns, I agree, it wasn't super uh, TV-friendly. Like, they put up the little like diagrams to show where they were meant to be aiming and what they had left, but I just thought it did kind of drag a bit... Um, but some of these teams, like, they need to learn that they're throwing a dart and they're not pitching a baseball because some of, the, like, the backswings on the throw, I'm like, you're not trying to throw this dart through the board, through the wall. Like, I'm just imagining how much, like, the Amazing Race is, is finished there. Like, they need to offer them a donation to get um, their walls fixed and repainted because surely there would be damage from that challenge. Uh, have you ever played darts, Jared? I have, um, yeah, magnetic and actual darts. <laughs> magnetic so, darts. That um, sounds a lot more safe. <laughs> yeah, like the kid-friendly version um, that some, somehow I'm sure we still managed to make dangerous anyway. No, but darts is good fun. I mean, the only time I've really played darts was as a kid. Uh, and speaking of kid-friendly and how things change over the years, uh, I remember I think I was like 10 or 11 and uh, my friend had like an outdoor dart set for kids. It was basically something you would hang on your fence and everything was just twice the size. So the dart board was about twice the size and the darts were about twice the size, but they were still sharp. And uh, he had thrown his and he was going up to the dart board to pull his out. Uh, but he was standing like to the side of the dart board after he was pulling them out, like just, you know, getting them all in his hands. And I threw mine thinking like, oh, there's no way I'm going to hit him. Whether through was a gust of wind or whatever, I just see his arms stretch out like he, he goes stiff, his arms stretch out like he'd just been shot in the back because he was, and I'm looking at a dart that I just threw sticking out of his back, and he's just like, oh! <laughs> so that was probably the first and last time I ever played darts, and I threw a child-friendly dart into my friend's back. Uh, Rossi, do you play darts? Um, do you have any horror stories? Have you hit cats? Have you hit people before? No horror, but I've played. Are you good? So between the three of us, if we're doing face-offs, we know I'm losing. But, like, who's going to win between Jared and Rossi? Jared. <laughs> Rossi says it's Jared. We know it is. Uh, Rossi, did you like this challenge? Um, You know I don't love face-off. You should, but <laughs> give give your reason why. It's just, I just think it's pointless. It's just forcing one team to the back. I mean, it's a non-elimination leg. How much can you complain? Because it's not elimination leg. <laughs> Wait, so... <laughs> yeah, even more. <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's an elimination leg, you'd be happier than if it's a non-elimination How leg? epic would it have been if the Olympian team 
left this episode due to darts. That would have been epic. I mean, I think we're already hitting on something here. And, and it, what's particularly strange is that John Montgomery's from, not from Winnipeg specifically, but from our province here, Manitoba. And both times we've had Olympians on the Amazing Race, they have their worst performance in Winnipeg. Like, Winnipeg is kryptonite to Olympians. I'm sorry, Melissa Hollingsworth, don't ever come to Winnipeg. <laughs> we would love to have you as an interview here, uh, but don't ever come to Winnipeg. Uh, I, I, I would love to see John compete in these things. Like, just, there's a curse going on with this. Uh, the curse of Winnipeg's and Olympians. Um, I don't know. Uh, the next challenge, I think this is where it gets good. Because the challenges have just sort of been okay up until this point. But we get to go back to the Forks Market, which, again, the Museum for Human Rights was probably in the background in half of this challenge. Uh, but the International Brotherhood of Magicians was founded again in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, like, founded a lot of famous things that I didn't even know about. And... Uh, they get to master one magic trick and one balloon animal, which I don't know how balloon animal is a magic trick, but I guess just part of the show. And this was this I loved, and partly because as a kid I loved magician stuff. Like I would watch all magician TV specials. Um, I was in here in Winnipeg the Transcona Magicians Club for Children. Uh, just bragging there a little bit for everybody that's jealous, uh, but. This was like a small little community club, you know, just like an after-school activity, uh, you know, where kids would just learn magic tricks. And we had, just because it was the only one here in the city, we had a couple of more famous magicians that came here and visited. And even uh, when David Copperfield, who's like obviously the most famous magician illusionist in the world, when he uh, came to Winnipeg, uh, they actually got us not only tickets to see the show for free, but we got to go backstage and get our picture in the newspaper with him, which was great. So for me, I loved it just because of this. Uh, but there's still some great moments in here. Like like I said, my opening line there, Martina outside doing the magic act, and then it's too windy for my balls. <laughs> Martina, question number two, did you know what you were saying there? Uh, was this intended to have a double meaning, or uh, <laughs> was it just uh, unintentionally funny? Um and then Courtney, like, I can't remember which Courtney it was because I just have my notes. Courtney is really good at this. Uh, again, Leanne and Mar, um, I, don't, I don't know how they do it. Like, they're one of these teams they should not be doing as well as they are. Uh, but I, I loved both these challenges. The balloon animal thing was hilarious. Martina squeezing that balloon animal over and over again was one of the best expressions I've seen. Uh, and, you know, just some of the fails that we saw was amazing too. And Adam... I mean, for the guy that I thought coming into the season would be the douche bro of the season, I'm warming up to him more and more every week. You know, when he was like, I'm going to disappear. Now close your eyes, I'm going to disappear. And then after they finish and he has this confessional, now it's time for us to disappear. And he snaps his fingers and they do the little effect of them disappearing on camera. It was all so great. So I love this challenge too. Uh, Jared, did you like this one? Yeah, this was definitely the uh, highlight of the episode. I think... Um... Next time I go to see a magic show, which will kind of be when I go to see a magic show for the first time, um, I'm going to see an amateur show. I want to see a show of somebody who's learned magic that day because I think this is so much more interesting than actual good magic. Um, I don't know. It was just amazing throughout the amount of times that, like, 
they revealed like the fourth ball because it fell on the floor or rolled away and just the faces of teams when they did something wrong and then they would like look to like the judge to see if he picked it up and like straight away he'd be like no do it again um so many great moments i did feel a bit sorry for the kids um because magic has been ruined for them for life um because all the tricks of the trade were given away here and the same people watching every single time um i also loved like the difference between the stories of how like the cups and balls are working the whole thing of like ghosts going through a castle wall and then martina had some spiel about like the balls being like three children from the mum and like what a lucky mum type thing um I just thought it was great. And I my question to Martina for the week, did we see in this, was I hearing things, or was did the accent to remember uh, come back a bit in this challenge? Because it definitely <laughs> felt like uh, she, she was putting on an accent to kind of remember the story and what she was doing throughout. So I want to know if um, that was true yeah. or not. <laughs> um, Rossi, I almost forgot your name for a second. Uh, did you love the magicians here? Uh, is magic ruined for you forever now? Rossi's gone again. Jared, you want to answer on behalf of Rossi again? Uh, I'm just going to say that magic is not ruined for Rossi. Uh, he has a whole new appreciation of magic. What we're waiting for Rossi to come back to us. Sorry. Rossi, magic. Yeah, I disappeared. <laughs> um, the magic challenge... I think I figured out the problem with the episode. And... It was the fact that nothing was really interesting to watch. Like, the darts is just throwing, and then the magic is tricks that we were explained beforehand. And so, like, I had a problem with the challenge because I couldn't quite, like, what? like I already knew it was going to happen, and then when they did it again, and again, and again, it was a little predictable. But, I mean, we got so many great moments with all the humor in it, like, the balls dropping and rolling in the and Phil, when he asked the kid, are you excited to see the magic actor Taylor or someone said it? And he like, no. And it was just like, okay. <laughs> and the fact that they had to go inside because it was windy, <laughs> like, not a foresight in that challenge. Um, it was just some funny bits. Dylan getting a magician's assistant at the end of it. It is also... like. Well, Jared brought up Crazy. Jared brought up a good point too that they all had the different stories, but we don't see them being told. You need to come up with your own story. Were they all told something different when they were explained this, or was this something that they improvised? Or was this like? And there's another question: is is this something that you came up with on your own to tell your own story? Is that part of the act you had to come up with? Um, as far as the win goes, again, that's another one of the things that I think most people here from Winnipeg are going to be laughing. That, that's the most Winnipeg thing since people being stuck at a railway crossing. Because uh, especially in the downtown era, I mean, I think Winnipeg's reputation is like what Chicago is in the United States of being the windy city. Winnipeg is kind of the windy city of Canada. Uh, so I, I was just watching that thinking like, oh, that could have been one of four, you know, uh, I was going to say 400 days a year. <laughs> let's say let's say more like 300 days a year. Um, Winnipeg is not the math capital of Canada, by the way. Uh so after this, they get to go to Assiniboine Park. Now, so far, just for those counting and for Ben, who unfortunately is not watching The Amazing Race but should be, uh, our count for places that Ben has been in in this episode uh, is the Forks Market, uh, where the mag magic acts took place, the Canadian Museum for Human Rights, 
and three blocks from my apartment. So three places Ben has been to that the races on the Amazing Race have been to. Good job, Ben. Uh, Assiniboine Park, someplace Ben has not been to, but uh, this is, I guess, the big real park, like an actual nature park you're going to get here in the city. Uh, I do like three half marathons a year, and one of them uh, is starts and finishes here. I'm very familiar with the park, and being able to find a place like where to enter this park is the toughest thing. So uh, it was understandable when teams started getting lost here trying to find the entrance to it, and I go there all the time. Jamie and I actually got our engagement pictures taken in Assiniboine Park here. The, the only place we didn't get our pictures taken in the whole of Assiniboine Park was this sculpture garden. And again, I'm there all the time. They do uh, like free movies in the park every single summer. Like I can't even count how many times we're there each year. And I don't think I've ever actually seen this sculpture garden. So uh, Martina, when you and Phil come here to Winnipeg, you can show me the sculpture garden. <laughs> Uh, but this is where they finally check in. And one thing I noticed here that was interesting, um, not at the, the pit stop check-in, but as they were checking the pit stop, it occurred to me that John, and this is going to sound like conspiracy theory, he never introduces the person at the pit stop. But has anybody else picked up on the fact that throughout all the challenges, he's always saying, this person will give you your next clue. And he's giving the name of the person, like, John will give you your next clue. You know, uh, um what was the name of the one this week? I can't even remember the, the, the name. Uh, Lisa. Who's the veteran? Lisa. Mike. Johnny. Denny. <laughs> they will give you well, your next clue. I'm going to put my um like thinking cap on here. And I do think that the final task will have to do with all the charity stuff they've been doing. Ah, like yeah. the guy mentioned who was the veteran at the Legion mm-hmm. thing. And then the food donation guy who gave them the clue at the bread, you know, the, giving out yeah. the donations for the bread homes people. And so I think those challenges for the Heroes Edition are going to be the key kind of tie-in event because they all had to do them. All right, so the audience's theory was it's going to be, you know, having to remember all the dancing challenges. I shoot that one down. I think possibly the final challenge could have something to do with the names of the people. But again, that's something that John's giving the audience. He's probably not giving it to the teams. I think Rossi's on to something here. Jared, do you have a better theory on what the final challenge is going to be? Like, what are we seeing every single episode that, or among a lot of the episodes that could factor into that final challenge? Um, I think it gives one team an unfair advantage, but probably, like, the locations where Adam and Courtney have kissed throughout the yeah. season. <laughs> um, so, and then they have to put those in order for the legs. I think that's probably where we're heading with this. Was anybody else afraid that... Adam and Courtney, after winning the Magician's Challenge, like, they were just going to start dry humping or something like that in front of the kids. <laughs> like, I, I think I didn't think they would go that far. Not literally. Get your mind out of the gutter. I'm not thinking literally that that's what they were going to do, but, like, they would have been all over each other. Uh, like, there are kids present here. Take it easy. But they didn't, like... Disgusting Winnipeg. <laughs> the, the disgusting minds Winnipeg's. of Winnipeggers. Uh, but I don't know. This is two episodes in a row where they're keeping their hands off each other. Like, there's trouble in paradise, or somebody had a discussion with them about um, I don't know family ethics. <laughs> um, we'll go through all the teams here. We're not going to give our opinions on every single one, but uh, obviously this is a non-elimination leg. Just before we get to the teams, I want to give a plug here, or thank you for another plug. First of all, we'll get to Martina's questions of the week here, or the, the answers to last week's questions of the week, um, but. By the way, I don't know if either you noticed, but we got an answer from Phil as well this week, so uh, we're catching up. Uh, Leanne and Mar gave a nice plug to another podcast that uh, Jared and I both co-host. 
uh, did you catch this? Or this wasn't Leanna Marr, but towards Leanna Marr when John Montgomery, Olympic gold medalist, said, Leanna Marr, you are off the podium. Uh, listen to Off the Podium on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you download your podcasts. The Olympics podcast, hosted by myself, Jared, and Ben, uh, where so far Melissa Hollingsworth has not been on as a guest, but we'd love to have you on as a guest, or John Montgomery. Do you think that was a real plug for the show, Jared? I think so, and I'm sure that that will be um, stitched into the to the intro for all our upcoming podcasts. Yes, we got to do that now. John Montgomery is saying off the podium. We have the audio. <laughs> Listen to off the podium uh, with the new remix theme with John Montgomery. Uh, anyways, uh, we'll go through all the teams here, and then we'll get to our Martina questions of the week here. Uh, but obviously, this one was non-elimination, which... When I saw like it was down again to Courtney and Adam who are circling the drain every single week here uh, and Nancy, a.k.a. Karen and Melissa, who are very hit and miss, uh, I didn't even realize this. Nancy and Melissa have had four second place finishes out of the first six legs. And then when they're not finishing second, they're right near the bottom. Like it, it really is one extreme to the other with them. Uh I, I wasn't sure how to feel when I knew there was only two teams and then you saw that last team rounding the corner and it was like blocked by the trees. I, I really love Courtney and Adam. I think they're a hilarious team to watch, but it would just be devastating to have an Olympic medalist lose. And especially, I think, at the point when, when Nancy and Melissa, they're starting to really catch on as a team and they're starting to click as a team. Uh, but if there was one team, I think I would have been okay losing this week. It probably would have been Nancy and Melissa. As much as I hate to say it, um, but was there? We talked about the relief of it not being Martina and Phil in past episodes. Uh, which team were you if you thought this was elimination leg? Which I actually did. Uh, which team would you have been more okay with leaving between the two, Jared? Uh, I was hoping Adam and Courtney would go home. And I'm also hoping that in the future the editors can just for once, like, switch the order that they leave a place arriving to the mat. Like, they try to create suspense, but it's always, like, the team that's left first and will pretend that they got lost, but they didn't really. um, Like, they always get there first. Like, just for once, like, show it in a different order just so, like, there's some suspense. Because every time, like, I know who it's going to be because these people are left first, so it's just going to be them. Like, check it up a bit. Well, they also throw in that it's mandatory in every single episode that quick clip as the last place team is leaving and they're like oh we did that really quickly we still have a chance whereas you know in most of these cases they must be saying themselves we're done like the producers are probably having to tell them listen even if you know you're the last place team play up positive or something like that but i think it's almost becoming too obvious now when you are seeing that last place team leave and they're like oh we powered through that one that you know it's done uh, Rossi, which one would you have been o- more okay with leaving between Courtney and Adam and Nancy and Melissa? I was kind of hoping for an Olympian exit this episode. <laughs> just because Winnipeg. <laughs> I would have loved the face-off just to be a culmination of like losing one of the most competitive yeah. and like toughest teams on the race. Like, I'm not a face-off fan, but if we lose like a tough team on it, I think it's kind of like it gives a lot more drama to the episode and to the season like and i even going into the episode john said at the beginning he's like oh this is a halfway through the race 
And, like, as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, well, this is obviously an elimination Like, So going all the way through, I was like, wow, we just lost the Olympians on a face-off. Or Olympian and barrel racer. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure she's competed in the barrel racing Olympics or something like that, if that's a thing. Um, Jared, I mean, Ro- Rossi doesn't really like the face-off. I kind of like the face-off. Where are you in? Are you in the middle or are you siding with one or the other? I'm probably in the middle, like, I could do without it, um, but I think at least uh, in the Amazing Race Canada, like, it's placed well in the episode. It's not the last thing, which is a, a joke that the US yeah. has introduced. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, and it didn't help that it was a dumb challenge where they were doing it at the end of the episode in, what was it, Corn on the Cob costumes or something, Rossi? <laughs> French fries. French fries, that's right, dressed as French fries. Yeah, like, you can go back and listen to uh, the episodes that we did for the last U.S. Amazing Race, but, like, they just didn't get it at all. It was the face-off at the end, which, guaranteed, we're talking about, oh, isn't it kind of disappointing that you know that the team who leaves that last challenge first is like, you still know there's a chance. In the U.S. version, when you're watching a face-off and the second-last team wins, you have to sit there and wait, knowing who the last one's going to go. It's just terrible. Um, I think you mean... uh head-to-head oh that's sorry they don't want to call it a face-off they don't want to you know be caught ripping off canada so it's a head-to-head uh you know it could be worse it could be a partner swap thank god we don't have that this year although maybe we could come up with some cool team combinations but if we had to do a partner swap which let's hope that never happens but on this season which two people do you want to see end up on a team together jared do you have like a dream combo of mixing up these teams Oh, um, oh, way to put me on the spot, Rossi. <laughs> I would like to see Karen, yes, pair up with Martina. <laughs> Karen and Martina, Rossi, dream combo. I don't know if it's dream combo, but I would just love to see Courtney and Courtney together. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Dylan and anybody because I don't know if anybody else is gonna be able to handle Dylan other than Kwame. Uh, we don't have any other teams to discuss this week, so let's just move on to our new favorite segment, Martina's Questions of the Week. Uh, we asked a lot of questions last week. I didn't realize we got this many of them, but uh, maybe she's just answering questions that uh, we didn't officially ask even. But thank you again, Martina and Phil this week for answering some of our questions and listening to our episode and continuing to retweet us and everything else. Uh, and... Hopefully we can get some of the other teams on here, maybe before the end of the season, maybe after the end of the season. It would be nice to start up interviews again. We haven't really done an interview with the team since season three. Um, but let's start. Question number one. So this was the question we asked about whether she had ever used the rear-facing camera in the vehicle before. Uh, she put, I have never used rear-view camera before. It was so easy to use. I have seen my parents use it in their car, and my brother used it in his car. My car is an eight-year-old Honda. Great teacher car. My car is low-tech. I am an old-school driver. Uh, Martina, I also drive a Honda. Uh, A spectacular Honda Fit. Another thing I can brag about here, I drive a Honda Fit. Uh, Mine's a four-year-old Honda Fit. So uh, we have something in common. Uh, Question number two. This was about uh, whether or not she drank coffee. Phil said he didn't drink coffee and also about why he didn't. So she put, I love drinking coffee. I had two Starbucks today. 
I can ask Phil why he doesn't drink coffee. The foam part was so hard for me. Uh, which I think we mentioned in the last episode about getting that angle down. Phil responded, I used to drink coffee every day in grade 12 to stay awake because I was really involved in things like student council, coaching, hockey, academics. I decided back then that I didn't want to be reliant on caffeine anymore, so I stopped and haven't drank since. Uh, Phil's a changed man. (laughs) He's sober now. (laughs) No more caffeine. Uh, but uh, I-, I love that even in grade 12, he was still Superman and Phil could do anything. Like, can we have, I don't know, a hockey coaching challenge in this, an academics challenge? Like, some of these are bound to come up. We got our ringer challenges, right? Um, whose question was it about the latte art? I think this was just uh, a generic one uh, about the latte art. She answered, it took us a long time to make the latte art, or we're saying how long it took. Maybe a lot of coffee in the bucket. Can't remember, but we finally got it. Question number four, this is about whether they're disappointed with the voguing, and uh, I think we were speculating that between the two of them, she would have been the less coordinated one, but she says, I wish so much we did the voguing. I wish we did the dancing challenge in Toronto. It looks so much fun. I take dance classes like hip-hop and ballet. I love dancing. Uh, There's lots of exclamation marks. Jamie's destroying things in the background. I apologize. (laughs) At least she's not sneezing, right? That's what we usually get with her. Uh, question number five. This is about uh, her public transportation experiences. I take transit when I go downtown with friends on weekends. Uh, I just want to say I avoid public transit at all costs. Uh, I walk to work even you know, when I don't have to. Uh, I, I hate driving too. But uh, I lived, I don't know, about 10 kilometers from my work before. And Jamie and I worked in the same building but started at different times. Uh, I would choose to walk two hours to work. So I didn't have to take a bus. So that's how much I hate public transportation. Uh, Question number six. This obviously went along with the other one. She says, I am so upset I missed out on voguing. I love Madonna. Um, I don't know if we asked the same question twice or if she was just that disappointed she missed out on voguing that she added that in there. Second cup of coffee. that's right. (laughs) This is when her second Starbucks was kicking in. And then Rossi, I think, asked about Sam and Paul. Uh, and I asked about Karen and Bert here. So she said, I'm big fans of Sam and Paul because Sam got into med school during the race. We remember that, Rossi. It was the only storyline they had, right? <laughs> uh, they seemed so nice, which they definitely did. I also like Karen and Bert because they were so nice. Uh, so your favorite team and my favorite team. She endorses them both, Rossi. Uh, do we have any other questions from our team? We've asked a few throughout the episode, but Jared, do you have any extra questions from Martina this week? Uh, nothing extra. I just need to know if, if I heard a sneaky accent during yeah. the uh, magician challenge. I, I need to know about uh, how incredible Melissa Hollingsworth is and how incredible it is for her as bragging rights to say she beat her. Jared wants to know about the, um, the, the accent coming back, the memory accent. Also, if you can confirm what that accent is, you do. <laughs> if it is a certain, uh, certain region, a certain dialect, what is it? Rossi, do you have a question for Martina this week? In the episode, we heard that Phil uses skip the dishes. I want to know, Martina, do you use skip the dishes when you don't feel like cooking? Do you get birthday messages from your delivery drivers? <laughs> and what do you order from skip the dishes, too? Well, give, give me an endorsement because I have the app and I can tell you we go to restaurants and they all have 
like th these little cards they'll put on tables where it'll say if you download the skip the dishes app and then use our restaurant as you know your your promo code you will get so much off you know when i did the manitoba marathon i think i got two separate coupons for like you know ten dollars off skip the dishes i'm banking skip the dishes stuff now i don't know what to order what's a good endorsement uh tell us what we should order from skip the dishes uh, those are our Martina questions. So we're going to add one more in there just as a plug as we uh, start closing out this episode here. If people have not listened to it yet, what, first of all, as we've said, watch the movie The Room. This is what many consider to be the worst movie ever made. Watch the movie. You will not be disappointed. Even if you just watch a best of clip on YouTube, if you can't watch the movie, watch that. And then listen to the episode that Ben Rossi and I did last night, I think it went up, on The Room. Uh, and Martina, have you ever seen The Room? And will you watch it and then listen to our podcast on it? One of the greatest podcasts we've ever recorded. Uh, final question of the week. Uh, where are we going next week? Did anybody remember what the preview showed? Nope. Canada. Canada. We're still in Canada. Now, it is know. released now that Mexico, I guess, is going to be the other country we're going to leave for. We know we still have New Brunswick to come up. I don't know how many legs are how many episodes if this is a 10 episode season 12 episode season i'm not sure uh but uh next week we are off to prince edward island uh so this is like the smallest province in all of canada uh and um following that there is still mexico new brunswick those are the only two ones that are released so those are the only ones i know about those are the only ones released we're not sure what we're going to do after that um Anything else you want to plug, Rossi? Uh, coming up on Bad Movie Month, we've got um, the, the Swept Away and Battlefield Earth. How excited are you that next week we're going to be covering... I'm so excited. I'm tripping with my words. We're going to be covering Battlefield Earth. Rossi, first of all, have you even seen Battlefield Earth? I think we talked about this last night, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and I haven't. You're in for a treat. Uh, Jared, have you ever seen Battlefield Earth? Do you want to come on and review Battlefield Earth with us? I have not, and I will uh, have to think about it. <laughs> I will think hard uh, about my excuse for what I'm doing that day. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm sure we're going to be back next week. Uh, we should have normal schedules and everything. We'll be coming to you live from the Canadian Museum of, for Human Rights. Um, and uh, I'm, here's the other thing. Just one other thing I want to mention about this Royal Canadian Legion. That was, I guess, a prize for them that they got membership in here. But in researching the Royal Canadian Legion, which I think is supposed to be for, like, military veterans or police officials or firefighters or things like that, apparently it's just open to the regular public now. Like, anybody can get a membership. So, like, I'm going to call that the cheapest prize ever. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess they got their membership. So um, if uh, – I don't know if every team got it, but Martina and Phil, when you're here in Winnipeg, we can go to the Royal Canadian Legion. I can see what it's all about. We can play darts. I can uh, throw one – in. Not one of your backs, but I'm sure I'll throw on somebody's back when I'm there. You and Jamie should challenge them to a face-off. Yeah, we'll do a face-off. Uh, trust yeah. me, you don't want that because a dart will end up in one of your limbs. Uh, yeah, I think you're selling the reward a little bit short because, to be fair, they didn't have to fill in any paperwork to become members, <laughs> and uh, I think that's a reward in itself. Yeah. They got to skip the paperwork. Very good point. Skip the paperwork. Download Skip the Paperwork app for your free membership. <laughs> To the Royal Canadian Legion. Uh, that's all we have for this week. Uh, we had magic. We had human rights. We had darts. <laughs> uh, Jared, thank you as always for joining us. 
Thank you. It's been fun. And Rossi, thank you. And thank you for sitting through the room and the amazing race two days back to back. I mean, I didn't suffer through the amazing race. I get to see Martina <laughs> throw darts. You know, I'm about to end this episode, and it's funny because we're usually pretty good with this, but uh, Ben, who keeps the – he's the record keeper for the Oz Network. He'll see when an episode goes up, and he'll message me, what were your guys' reviews for the amazing race? And last week I'm like, I'll tell you when I ask the guys what their reviews were. <laughs> and this was after the episode went up. So let's get it out of the way now because I almost forgot again. Are we – Buying this episode, renting it, or binning it? I am going to re-record over this episode because that's a sustainable hero way to do things. Uh, so basically, I'm going to bin it. You're binning it? Oh, Winnipeg of all episodes. Come on. Rossi, what are you doing? I think, is that our first bin for this season? Nobody else has binned yet, have they? Jared, what's wrong with you? He has no answer for that. Uh, Rossi, you watched The Room with me. <laughs> you must be in a better mood. Are you buying this rent um, or it? Well, I want to bin it just for the fact that they were in oh. Winnipeg. No. <laughs> I think I'm going to rent it just because I do think it was kind of like a bin episode because of all the letdowns. But I think some of the funny moments, like when Taylor had to try on the, the, the tights and like all the mess ups that the magic challenge made up for it. So I'm just going to rent it because I think it was pretty decent. Yeah. I think for me, as opposed to a lot of the episodes that we've been complaining about where the challenges got progressively worse throughout the episode, I felt in this one, they got progressively better. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to rent this one too. I don't think it's by with, this might be the first episode where nobody has bought it. It's also the first one we've been. Thank you, Jared. But um, I mean, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to Prince Edward Island next week. Um, just on a side note, has the Amazing Race ever been to either of your hometowns? No. Have, what's the closest they've been to you, Jared? What's the closest Amazing Race? Does the Amazing Race Australia go to Australia, or do they just travel to like nearby countries like Malaysia or something? No, the Amazing Race Australia like went out of the country a lot. Um, I mean, the closest anybody's probably ever got is like what Sydney, Sydney Harbour. Um, so that's probably like 50 minutes away. Rossi, what's the closest you've had for Amazing Race coming to you? New York. <laughs> I mean, how close is that in proximity? Do you look out your window? Oh, just a two-hour walk. Two walk. So like every morning for me. Okay. <laughs> it's doable. Um, all right, then I have one up on you guys. So stop trashing Winnipeg, okay? <laughs> we have human rights here. We have ballet. We're cultured. We have skipped the dishes. Honestly, but we, we can't say congratulations. <laughs> we can't say yes. <laughs> Zero dollar ticket parking That's right. Tickets. We don't charge for tickets, and we can't say congratulations. Um, no, you just waste the paper for the ticket. <laughs> Which costs more than zero dollars. We're in debt for that ticket. I hope you're happy, Adam and Courtney. <laughs> uh, we should wrap this up. Um, we will see you next week. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us. My name is Colin, and congratulations. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.